Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. We've been looking at these 10 features that makes up the image of God in man, and we are now on number 10. The last time, you remember what we were talking about? We said, look, human is one. We are one, but we are one being. I am one, but I have three parts. I have spirit, soul, and body. And we said our body links us to the reality of the physical world. Our spirit links us to the reality of the spiritual world and that we live on earth as a living soul. The question we're asking ourselves is, will there be animals in heaven? Will I be reunited with my dog, with my cat in heaven? And that is usually the question that people are asking, is the question of will animals be resurrected? Now, that's a new, that's a different question entirely. It's a different question entirely from saying, will there be animals in heaven? One of the way people have been consoled when they lost, you know, a very loved, loved animals is the fact that they are waiting for you in heaven. But is that really true? Let's assume that somebody you loved, I'm talking about human that you loved, you like them so much, but let's assume that they were not saved. Let's assume that you love them so much, you preach the gospel to them. I mean, they, they are a good person in themselves, but you love them so much, but they didn't receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In fact, they clearly rejected him. Will you meet them in heaven? No, you won't. I mean, the, the Bible says that they won't be there, even though you love them. In fact, I will not be consoling you. I will not be telling you the truth if I say you will meet them in heaven. You know, people go to funeral. And they, they, when people die, they suddenly become a saint. And people say that they've gone to heaven. No, it's only people that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior that have submitted their life to the Lordship of Jesus on this earth that will spend eternity with Him in heaven. In other words, you and I don't go to heaven just by the fact that we are human. We don't get to go to heaven just by the mere fact that we were created. You and I actually get to go to heaven, get to spend eternity with heaven. You and I get to be resurrected unto life because the gospel was preached to us, because we accepted Jesus Christ as our Messiah, and then we walk in righteousness and holiness to him. That is why we spend eternity in heaven. Will animal do that? Can animal do that? So the resurrection of human to be in heaven is actually predicated on the fact that they have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible definitely clearly told us that it's only human that were created in the image of God. Your cat was not created in the image of God. Dogs were not created in the image of God. Is only human. And it is because humans are created in the image of God, that is why we are endowed with a, an immortal soul. Now, the word immortal is the most important thing here because I'm going to show you very soon that animals do have souls. Because they are living things, they do have soul. But it's only humans that are endowed, I'm talking about in this created realm, 
in this physical creation is only human that are endowed with immortal soul because it's only humans that are created in the image of God. God did not create animals in his own image. Yes, we read it the last time that indeed there will be animals in the new heavens and the new earth. But the question is, will animal be resurrected? The answer to that is that there is no proof for that in the scripture. Again, like I said, because animals are living creatures, there's a sense in which they do have soul and spirit. But their soul and spirit are not the same as the soul and spirit of human. The soul and spirit of animals are merely an animative force. They have to have a soul. They have to have a spirit in that sense of a force that makes them alive, a force that makes them living. You know, we talk about the spirit of a party. That is that man, that woman that makes the party go on. Okay, yes, there's a sense in which, and the Bible do talk, do use those words for animal in the scripture. I'm not going to go into all those things. Yes, the Bible use those words for them. But animals don't have soul and spirit in the same sense that humans have. And this is very, very important. The souls and the spirit of animals, they are animative force. They are not eternal souls. They are not immortal souls as we have it in human. Okay? Human soul is eternal. Human soul is the seat of logic, of reasoning, of emotion, of conscience. I remember how we said that even though animals can can you know exercise some of this quality we have said to a limited extent they are not like human and that is just because they are not created in the image of god and therefore they don't have this immortal eternal soul like human have i was just reading this journal that was published online by the cambridge university press on in october 2020 they said there was an archaeological survey of gravestones at British Pet Cemetery from the Victorian period to our own time. The title of that journal was Do All Dogs Go to Heaven? Tracking Human-Animal Relationship Through the Archaeological Survey of Pet Cemeteries. So they surveyed the pet cemetery. They look at the epitaph that people put on pet cemeteries. Their findings shows that by the mid-20th century, a greater proportion of animal gravestones suggest pet owners were expecting and awaiting a reunion with their pet in the afterlife. In other words, they are expecting that just like they will be resurrected, that their pet will also be resurrected. And we have said that there is no evidence for that in the Bible. There's no evidence. The Bible did not teach animal resurrection. Should we enjoy our pet? Yes. Should we care for them? Yes. Will there be animals in the new heaven and the new heart? Yes. But we must remember that even though God values animals, he created them. Okay. The value of human by far outweigh the value of animal. I know in the Western world that is saying too much. There are people that will allow people to die but they will fight for the right of animal. We have to fight for the right of animals. So that is unequivocal okay we cannot abuse animal that is settled but there are some people that will fight over the right of animals over the right of human there are some people that will allow children to be killed in their mother's womb but they will fight for the right of animals remember i'm saying it again 
Animals must be cared for. Pet must be protected. Animals must be protected. But what we are saying is that the value of a human soul, and you remember when we did this, we are talking about the value. The Bible says, what will it profit a man? What will it profit a woman? If he or she gains the whole world and loses his soul. And the psalmist said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank God for your, our love pet. But their value is nothing near the value of a human soul. And the Lord Jesus, because of the value of souls, the Lord Jesus came to die for souls. Now, people are saying, are you taking hope away from people? No, 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 no. Listen to me. Our hope in heaven is not rooted in walking the ghost straight or in meeting Abraham or Isaac or, or in not even in meeting your loved human one. Definitely our hope in heaven, our joy of heaven is not rooted in being reunited with our pets. No. Our hope in heaven is rooted in being with Christ and seeing him face to face and being in his presence and enjoying his love. When we get to heaven, everything else will pale into comparison. There will be animals there that you will love so much that the love that you have for your pet here will pale in comparison to the love that you have for the animals over there. All because we are living in the presence of Christ. I will say it again. The joy of heaven will be rooted in our being with Christ, seeing him face to face, being in his presence. Let me ask you one question. Do you think that somebody who's loved human ones did not get born again, went to hell? Do you think that they will forever be grieving in heaven? Do you think that they will forever be missing something in heaven? No. It's the same way. Your love for your pet here you, you are not going to have a vacuum in your heart when you get to heaven that cannot be filled by anything else because you have not been reunited with your pet. We need to understand, and this is very, very important, that God will make everything new and he will make everything beautiful. Whatever is godly here that we enjoy, we are not going to miss it in heaven. If you are an animal lover, you are not going to miss that in heaven. If, if anything, it will be more great, more gracious, more powerful. I mean, for example, if you like sunset, but the Bible says there will be no, there will be no physical sun in heaven, but there will be light in heaven. Does that mean that those people that like sunset, they will miss something when they get to heaven? No, 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 no. That desire, that love, God gives it to you and it will be even greater satisfying in heaven. What is our joy when we get to heaven? What is the joy that heaven will bring? First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19 says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? And not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. Revelation chapter 22 verses 3 to 4. This is talking about the end. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their forehead. This is the source of our joy. It will, every tears, 
will be will be wiped off. Every pain will be gone. There will be no regret. There will be no loss in heaven. Jude, only one chapter, verses 24 and 25. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and ever. We are not going to be in heaven and be missing something, be missing something we used to love. No, we are going to be, we are going to be fulfilled in heaven. We are going to be fulfilled totally in heaven. And we need to understand that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so I just felt I need to clarify that. Amen. <laughs> now, how does this issue that we are talking about, man, human, women, men being created in the image of God, having immortal soul, being a spirit, soul, and body, how does actually that impact upon God? Does God have parts? John chapter 4, verses 21 to 24. This was the Lord Jesus Christ, you remember, talking to that woman by the well in Samaria. Jesus said unto her, woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for God is seeking such to worship Him. Verse 24 is important. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth by the way i've read from the new king james version verse 24 says god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth god is spirit and remember when we we're talking about emotion remember how we went and talked about god created us in his own image but god is not created in our image we need to understand that okay okay when we read things about god in the scripture we need to understand that god's attribute is rooted in his divinity whereas our own attribute is rooted in our humanity you know from the earliest days of the church christian they've developed this short and simple summary of faith this short and simple summary of faith is what we've come to call creed. Now, the word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which means I believe, I trust. Okay, these creeds have come down to us. It actually shows us what the, the church has believed down the age. A number of those creeds were developed in response to several heresies that were gaining traction at the time. And this creed actually helped the church to distill, to clearly, you know, pro propagate and promote and clearly put down what the true church believe. And I'm going to that because there's something that is going to connect with what we are talking about with respect to God. So creeds are summary of Christian faith that have been handed down over the century to the church. I know today people, especially we charismatic, we don't talk about some of these things, but creeds are so important because it's a summary of Christian faith that is handed down the century to the church. You know, Jude was writing, he said we should contend for the faith that was, you know, handed over to the saint. We must contend for it. We must fight for it. And a lot of this creed were, 
were ironed out, were fashioned out because of heresies that were trying to pollute the church. And the fathers, the church fathers sat down and they actually put this faith in simple Short summary of faith. An example of creed over down the centuries, the Apostles', the Apostles Creed. We have the Nicene Creed. We have Athanasian's Creed. We have the Westminster Confession of Faith. We have the London Baptist Confession of Faith. These are treasures. I mean, how God helped these people to put revelation into simple sentences and you you can sit down and break down some of these truths and they really really bless you okay and i'm talking about because it's related to the topic as hand so when you read the chapter two or when we read let me put it that way when we read the chapter two of the westminster confession of faith it begins by affirming this that there is but one only living through God, who is infinite in, in being and perfection, a most pure spirit, invisible without body and parts. I will read that again. You know, I'm reading from the chapter 2 of the Westminster Confession of Faith. It started with this affirmation. There is but only one living through God, who is infinite in being and perfection, a most pure spirit, invisible without body or parts. Hallelujah. And that is what we read in that John chapter 4 that we just read now. In that John chapter 4 that we just read, verse 24, say God is spirit. And that is what is being immortalized for us in this creed. He said God is a pure spirit, invisible without part. God is spirit. What does that mean? That means that God does not possess body or material nature. Our body was fashioned from the soil and it will return back to the soil. What came out of God is spirit. The Bible says God breathed into man the breath of life and the, the breath came from the same Hebrew word with spirit and the spirit of God entered into that physical body and man became conscious. The spirit brought consciousness and men became conscious. Our, the conscious part of our spirit is what we call the soul. <laughs> okay. And the unconscious part of our spirit is what we call the spirit. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Man became a living soul. A living soul. Remember that hymns that talks about immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes, most blessed. Most glorious, the ancient of the almighty, victorious, thy great name we pray. God is spirit. That means that God does not possess body. Does God, God does not possess material features. As spirit, because God is spirit, God is necessarily invisible. That is one of the implications. Now, we are visible because we have body. God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ, like John said. He said, we beheld him, the glory, the only glory of the only begotten son. And in, in his epistle, he talks about the fact that what we have touched, what we have seen, what we have handled of the word of life, that we declare unto you because it took on flesh. It became flesh. God is spirit. And because God is spirit, is necessarily invisible. John chapter 1 verse 18 says, no one has seen God at any time, but the son that dwells in the bosom of the father, he has revealed him. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17 says, The King eternal, immortal, invisible, 
the only wise God, invisible. God is spirit, that means it's invisible. Exodus chapter 3 verse 20, you know, Moses wanted to see the face of God. As God said, you can't see my face. And that verse 20 says, thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Because to see him is to comprehend him. <laughs> and that is impossible. We, finite creature, can never comprehend the infinite God. But thank God, because God stooped down to our level. God stooped down to our level in theophanies, in the when 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 divinity breaks into humanity, into our physicality, in theophanies, God stoop down to our weaknesses and for the sake of revelation god revealed himself through these theophanies this through this manifestation of god in human flesh ultimately in the person of the lord jesus christ god revealed himself to us in the person of the lord jesus christ so there is a sense in which we have seen him because he has revealed himself, but there is a sense in which we have never seen him because we have not seen the unveil. That's the word. Because we have not seen the unveil and we cannot see the unveil glory of God because he is God. He is God. Let's read John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 9 and 10. Jesus said unto him, that was when they were asking him, show us the father. Jesus said unto them, have I been so long with you and you have not and you have not known me, Philip? He that have seen me have seen the Father. How seest thou then show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The word that I speak unto you, I speak not myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. Colossians chapter 1 verses 14 to 15. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, God has revealed himself to us. And there's a sense in which we can see the invisible. <laughs> there's a sense in which we can touch the untouchable because God has revealed that to us. But understand that we have only received that which God has revealed to us. There's God is greater and mightier still. And we are going to revel in his glory and revelation of his majesty even forever. Because God is spirit, he could through his life-given spirit dwell in our hearts. You see, that's an application there. God could dwell in the heart of his children today because God is spirit. And because God is spirit, we must worship him in spirit and in truth, like we read in John chapter, chapter 4, verse 20, 24. What does it mean to worship God in spirit and truth? It means to worship in the power of the Holy Spirit. If we are not in the spirit, if we are not indwelled by the Spirit of Christ, if we are not being led by the Spirit of Christ, if we are not being moved by the Spirit of Christ, then we cannot worship him in the right way. To worship in the Spirit is also to worship in truth. If our worship is not saturated with truth, then we can hardly claim to be worshiping God in spirit. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if you are listening to me today and you are not born again, time is short. Give your life to him. There's no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. Come to him and confess that you are a rebel, you are a sinner. Ask him to be your savior. He will. He will come. He will take the heart of stone out of you and give you the heart of flesh. And he will walk through this life with you. And eternity, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. 
We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.